Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. This morning I am uh, speaking on the suit of purpose. We've been running uh, this suit up series uh, for the last, um, is this week three or four? Uh, I think it's my week four. This is amazing. And uh, the, the suit uh, is, the, is the covering that God puts over our lives. And there is a covering um, of the, it is the mantle of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us as we step into God's purposes for our life, as we step into the house of God and we realize that there is an anointing that rests upon us, there is a place of covering uh, under authority, there's a place of empowerment. Uh, and as we learn to put on the suit that God has got for us, we begin to walk in greater purpose for our lives. And I'm speaking this morning on the suit of purpose. Um, you know, how many of you have made plans for your life that you actually haven't seen happen? I reckon, I reckon probably most of us, and the older you are, the, gre- the longer the list of unfulfilled plans for your life. I, I've made many plans. Um, that, that's probably half my problem is I, I make a lot of plans because my mind doesn't really switch off. It, um, and sometimes you'll notice that if you're talking to me, there's a glazed look. James struggles with that. There's a glazed look. Anyone of you know me will know there is a moment you're talking to me and I'm not quite there. And there's a reason for that. My brain, you've probably said something and my brain is working overtime on every piece of information. And so what happens is my brain just starts thinking about it. And I'm now thinking, no, concentrate, concentrate. I'm talking to Neil. I'm talking to Neil. I'm talking to Neil. But he said something and my brain's just gone. It's like, and so I think and I, I plan and I come up with lots of ideas. Now, 99.9% of my ideas are rubbish, right? But I have so many that I come up with a few good ones. And, and everybody else forgets about the rubbish ones because... Uh, because they, you know, and so Neil and uh, the, the um, uh, courting James and, and Neil particularly have had to listen to some of my more crazy ideas, and they go, hmm. <laughs> and uh, I remember many years ago, Paul might remember this, I was in, when we had our church down in Cromarty House, which Cromarty House, for those who don't know, is down, on the off, down at the harbour, uh, and we rented it for a pound a year back in 1997. And... Um, we were in there, and, and I just said, we're going to get a radio station. That's what I said. It was a plan. We're going to get a radio station. I was just full of faith, and, and I just thought that if I say stuff, it might happen. <laughs> and uh, it's not a bad way to live, to be honest with you, because some of the stuff you say sticks. And, and, um, but I just thought, we're going to get a radio station. And, and I, I really love radio. You may have noticed that almost all information I have in my head, I got from listening to the radio. And uh, I, I listen to Radio 4 a lot. And, uh, and then I offset it with Radio 1. It's like having a balanced diet, you know? Um, a little bit of intelligence and a little bit of mind-numbing stupidity. It kind of, it's like eating burgers and vegetables. It's kind of both are nice, you know, in, in appropriate amounts. And, 
And uh, so I listened to the radio. I love radio. I love the, the medium of radio. And I thought, whoa, I'm going to get it. And do you know, something I even went and did. Some of you may not know this. I don't even know if my kids know this. I actually went to Aberdeen College night classes and got a qualification in radio broadcasting. <laughs> it's not something I've talked about. Did you know that, Joseph? No. You had no idea. No. <laughs> There you go. It's, no, it's not something I talk about a lot. I've even, I'd actually forgotten all about it. Uh, but I do have a qualification in radio broadcasting. Uh, in case you need a, a broadcaster to, to uh, represent some radio that you want, if you want me on air for you, um, yeah. Anyway, so, but it was a plan that never worked out. And one of the reasons why it worked out was because I didn't come to Aberdeen to plant a radio station. I, I came to Aberdeen to plant a church. And, and the, the sort of the urgent issues and the, the issues of church life kind of dominate the direction in which you're going. And, and such is the nature of plans that you have for your life. The, kind of the reason why you're here is that there are many things that you want to do, but we know that the storms and the currents of life can often just push us aside from the destination we hoped to go in. And it's like that there is a, we're a ship that sets out um, in direction of a harbour that we want to get to, but we know by experience that we don't always get to those harbours. We always, we can end up somewhere else that we didn't expect to get to because we were sailing in that direction, but things came along. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, it says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, we have to understand that the plans and purposes that God has got for your life do not operate by the same rule system that the plans and purposes that we make for our own life. And that there is a unique and significant difference between the two. Now, one of the issues with the plans and purposes of God as we read this is that some people would think that we know that all things work together for good. Therefore, God is in all those things that are happening to us. Like you're going through a horrendous storm. God is in the storm. But but God is not the storm. He's in the storm. When Jesus was in the boat, he, he wasn't the storm. He was in the boat that was in the storm. So Jesus is in the storm with you, but he isn't the storm. He didn't create the storm. He didn't invent the storm. He, his, his purpose is to lead us out of it. Yeah. All right? We've got to understand. So all things work together for good. But we know by life that not everything works together for good. We've had a lot of things that, that have worked together for not so good. That's natural life. Are you with me here? Not preaching heresy. Some of you begin to question, just some stuff doesn't work out right, okay? But here's the deal. God has a plan and purpose for your life. We have a suit to put on. It is the suit of purpose that we clothe ourselves in that enables us to live a different kind of existence. You see, what happens is that God... His plans and purposes are already tied to your life. The plans and purposes, the dreams that you have in your life, you're not tied to them. 
You just hope, you, you see in the distance the thing that you would like to do, the place that you would like to go, the job you'd like to have, the relationship you would like to see. You see it in the distance and you steer your ship in that direction. But God has already tied us to him. So in other words, when we steer in the direction of God, we're already roped to him. It doesn't matter what comes around us. Currents can't push us away. Now, let me read this to you in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has even uh, entered, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So we see that God has anchored our ship to the harbor that is Jesus Christ. All right. Now the anchor we have been anchored. Our hope is anchored. In him, we are anchored. And to have an anchor is to be held short. Are you with me here? Yeah. So we know that what God has purposed for our life is anchored to him. But this is what happens in our life. This is what goes on is that storms come to batter us. You imagine a ship that's out in harbor, out in the ocean, but it's anchored. Because it's anchored, it doesn't mean to say that it's not going to be battered. It doesn't mean to say that it's not going to have waves come over top of it. It doesn't mean to say it's not going to suffer the effects of storms. It doesn't mean to say that it's not going to be pulled by the current that is going, pushing across it. There are many dangerous currents around this, uh, around this country and when um, Cheryl and I go up and see Andrew and Katrina, there's a, there's a spot at the uh, top near John, uh, near John O'Groats um, that is extraordinarily dangerous for shipping. Uh, and there are many boats that have gone. Andrew was pointing out all the places where boats have gone down uh, because of the currents and the danger of currents. And actually, um, we, we often are taken out rather by, by currents rather than storms. You can see a storm coming. You can prepare for a storm, but a current is the undercurrent of life that is, is suddenly being pulled against you. Yeah. You don't see the currents in life, right? But when you've got an anchor, it doesn't matter what the current is. The current will pull the ship this way and that way. And what happens in our life is that we have to make a decision at that moment by what point of faith is operating in our hearts. Are we measuring our life according to the natural circumstances, which by experience shows us we can, we can kind of get a bit lost? Or are we confident that God is doing something significant through us? How do we measure our faith? How do we measure our life? You see, the suit of purpose must be worn for it to be relevant in your life. And what I mean by that is, when you live according to the suit of purpose, you begin to understand that you are anchored. And if you are anchored, your operation in your life is completely different to someone who doesn't understand they're anchored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right? If you don't understand your anchor, what are you going to do? You're going to fight the storm. You're going to try and hold back the waves. It's a little bit foolish. It's like King Canute, the Danish king, who was actually a Christian. uh, And uh, he was such a great king, King Canute. Who's heard of King Canute? He was a few people. It's a little bit of um, British history. goes back um, to around, I think, what was it, around 11, 12, somewhere around there. It was the early days of the, um, the English. Actually, if it wasn't for the English... Um, we down in uh, the south of England, we wouldn't speak English today, we'd speak Danish. Because we were ruled by Denmark. And um, the King Canute um, was, he was a godly, he was actually a godly man, um, but he was, and everyone thought that he was so powerful, but he, he said, take me down to the beach and I will prove to you that I cannot withstand the waves. Now, the story has often been told that he tried to hold back the waves, but that wasn't, that's just folklore. The actual story was, he's saying to him, look, I can't command the waves to stop coming. And I can't stop the tide. I'm not that powerful. So he sat on his throne and he told the waves to stop. And of course, they didn't. They just washed up over his feet. Here's the thing with our lives, right? If you try fighting the storm, you're going to sink the boat. Try fighting the storm, you're going to sink the boat. What do you rely upon when there's a storm? You rely upon the anchor that you're held by. Where we anchored? We're anchored in Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. The Bible says in in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, it says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will will worry about its own things. It's not very comforting, that, is it? It's like... Gee, thanks. Looking forward to tomorrow. <laughs> thanks, Jesus. <laughs> Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Nice. But here's, the, here's what happens with our life. Don't worry about tomorrow. You see, when you're worrying about tomorrow, what you're doing is you're, you're not wearing your suit of purpose. You're wearing your suit of fear. Yeah. And a suit of fear begins to change the behavior of how you live your life of faith. You're acting now like the disciples on the boat who were going, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to drown? They didn't realize that they were held by an anchor which was secured at the harbor of peace, the harbor of grace in God. There was an anchor holding them. that His name is Jesus Christ. And so the anchor was held. But they didn't know that, and so their reaction was entirely different. They were being overwhelmed by the circumstances of their life. Here's what happens to our life when we're overwhelmed. What happens is that we begin to take action with the boat. We begin to ask questions. I don't think this boat is is seaworthy for these conditions. I, I, I don't think I should be here. And we start to dismantle what God has placed in our life, blaming the boat, instead of not understanding, it's not the boat, it's the storm. And Christ has given us an anchor to deal with it. We've got a greater purpose than the issues you're going through right now. The currents and storms of your life that go through your life are far weaker than the anchor that holds you. 
But what happens is that we often dismantle, we can dismantle our relationships because there's a storm going in the middle of the, well, I, I, I'm not sure I can handle this relationship. I'm going to dismantle it. We blame the relationship rather than leaning into Christ. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 34, in verse 33, he says, Jesus says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What is he saying? He's saying, look, just pull on the anchor rather than resisting the storm. You spend your life trying to fight the storm. You will dismantle and break up the precious things that God has added to you. Don't worry about the storm. Just lean into God. How can you fight a storm? We can command storms to shift but only when we're pulling on the anchor that is held in the place of grace that God has placed upon our life. And so I need you to understand that we are here to wear a suit and it's a suit of purpose, but everything around our natural existence is constantly trying to push you away from the thing which you were called to live in. There There is a pull against you. There is a current the pushes against you. And what happens is that we try and fight those things, but instead we pull on the anchor of our heart, the anchor of our soul. That is our hope in Jesus Christ. We are, we are connected to the harbor that he has promised for us. Now, I want you to see this in Ephesians chapter 1. When I was preparing this message, I, I cut and paste the whole of Ephesians chapter 1. And I thought, I'm, going to, I'm just going to finish my message by preaching on the whole of the last chapter, uh, the first chapter of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 is probably, of all my favourite scriptures, Ephesians 1 would be my favourite, I think. Probably, given another day, I might choose another one, right? But, <laughs> but I think to myself, if ever I could only cho- choose one page of the Bible to live with, I think Ephesians 1 would be the page. Because Ephesians 1 sets up the whole issue of our, how we were called, our predestined purpose in God. I need you to understand something. We are predestined by God. Predestined does not mean predetermined. Predetermined means that everything in your life is, 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 is set by God. Every bad thing is set by God. That's, that's hogwash. It, it, it is, that is just... <laughs> It wasn't, I think it was Whitfield said, it's the doctrine of demons, ridiculous, right? God did not ordain sickness. He did not ordain sin. He did not ordain the things that the enemy has against you, right? But he did call you. He did, he did predestine for you a life of great blessing. He set it out. When my kids were born, we'd already set for them a life. Blessing. To be in the family, right? But they still had to choose to live in it. Yeah. I mean, they could have been, well, I could use a word. They could have, I mean, they, I've got, we got great. I, who loves my kids, right? I'm going to love on them for a while. They need to, mum's away. You know, you just need to. <laughs> so... You've had to put up with me for the weekend. <laughs> Joe goes, he comes in late Friday night and he leans and he goes and he says to Boaz, 
Man, Dad doesn't clean up the kitchen, does he? <laughs> I left that for you. <laughs> In the middle of that chaos was your dinner, so... <laughs> But every person has to make a choice whether they're going to live in it or not. The prodigal son made a choice not to live in it before he realized what, he'd made a rubbish choice and chose to come back. He made a choice. It was his anyway. It was predestined for him, but he chose. Yeah. All right? So there is a predestined blessing of purpose for your life, but you have to choose to hold on to the anchor or get washed away by the storm. And Ephesians chapter 1 says this, in him, verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Here's the kicker, right? Here's, Here's the amazing thing with that scripture. He actioned that purpose he has with our life with a plan that eternally anchors us to him in wisdom, all right, in grace. Now, what that means is, it says here, let me read verse 8 again, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. His blessing, his salvation abounds towards us. Now, in wisdom and prudence, and I love that because if you... Who, who ever thought how cool would it be to be born the son of a millionaire or a billionaire? That would be better, wouldn't it? A millionaire is rubbish these days now, isn't it? You, you could just have a big house at the west end of Aberdeen. You'd be a millionaire. That wouldn't, that's not cool. You, a billionaire is cool. You get to have your own jet, right? So, so who ever thought that to be... A kid of a billionaire would be kind of cool, but at the same time, we're all aware that sons of billionaires are normally snotty toe rags that we don't like that much. (laughs) True, isn't it? It's true. You look at them and go, you know why? Because everything their father has is just heaped on them. They just got it. Here's the difference. God's the trillionaire. (laughs) And we're his kids. But the grace isn't dumped on us. It's wisely appropriated to us in every circumstance. So that we are never without, but it doesn't ruin us. His grace is appropriated in your life in every circumstance. So that we know that we have the wealth, we have the blessing... But it's not just there like some, we don't have it like some spoiled brat. We have what he wisely appropriates to our life. Now this is verse, I want to move on because I want you to see this. He says in verse 11, oh I could just do the whole chapter. I maybe wished I had. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that he, that he who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You've been set by guarantee. Your your anchor is guaranteed to hold and take you through until he collects his purchased possession. In other words, the life we live here will be strong currents and storms on a fairly regular basis, but the anchor will always pull us into peaceful harbors. But here's the purpose for your life. If you read the whole, and I would encourage you to go back and read the whole of the chapter, there's three things that the purpose of Ephesians 1 shows us. Number one is to live with him in fellowship. Love, joy, and relationship for eternity. One of the key things you read is that, is that God has given us an eternity with him. And we often fail to really understand the full importance of, of why that's magnificent. Because we so live in the here and now, we don't think about how amazing it is that eternity will be with him. And I, I need you to understand it on this basis, right? If you were asked, what's the most important thing for your life? Just... What's the most important thing? I'd be surprised if I'd find anyone here who said your job. I I doubt anybody would say, oh, it's my job. Most important thing to me, my career. All right? There might be one or two people like that, but we can minister to those afterwards, right? (laughs) Be very few. What is the most important thing that you really want when everything is going upside down? What's the most important thing? It's your family. It's your kids. It's the family time. It's sitting around the table. What doing? Eating food. (laughs) It's having fellowship. And all the rest of life, we don't care. We would be prepared to lose all money as long as we've got all family. We would give it all up in a second for family. True? True? What is the most important thing in God's heart for your life? What does he want to do eternity with? He wants to do eternity with you in fellowship. What's the most important thing for your life? Having fellowship with the Father that we may be family with him for eternity. He set you up for the most extraordinarily blessed life, right? That's purpose number one. That's the pseudo purpose. That's why you've got to hold on to that anchor. The second purpose is that we learn to live in the here and now, blessed and free. We learn to be blessed in the conditions that we're living in. He's come to collect his purchased possession. You belong to him. He's not letting you go. But while you're here, you are blessed. You have access to every blessing, every healing power, every financial breakthrough. There is a process, there is a path of going through it, but God wants you to know that he has a blessed life for you. you just got to learn how to walk in it. Purpose number two. Purpose number three, to live in authority over all things. Ephesians 1 The final, I'm going to flip through. I had all these verses I wanted to go through, but we don't have time. And I just love this so much. Ephesians 1.21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. I love that far above principality and power. I'm just walking through um, 
Justice, Justice Mill Lane, where they built those new office blocks, and you've got the uh, hotel on one side, and then these two, uh, the Capitol, uh, new Capitol building, and the one behind that. And you're now working. Aberdeen isn't sort of famous for very tall offices, but you're walking through this very narrow road with this very dominating town, sort of um, office and hotels and things. It's, it's quite impressive. I like it when cities do that kind of thing. It's like it's it's good for the for the finances of, for the generation of life in a city to build these kind of things. And, and I'm walking and I'm looking at these great big buildings, feeling quite awestruck by the hugeness of them. But the Bible says that Christ is seated far above. Yeah. Like, we see these things, we think, wow, that's big. But, but he's far above. Mm-hmm. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named. Not only in this age, but that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. He put all things under his feet and gave him, that's Jesus, to be head over all things to the church. Who's the church? We're the church. He's the head. We're the body, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. James has a head. He also has a body. Right? It's an amazing body, James. I want you to know that. I want to break every lie that's ever been in your head in Jesus' name. Don't believe what anybody else says. I, you know, yeah. <laughs> the body is as much a part of James as his head is. You can't, they're not, you can't separate them. You don't look at James' head and go, nice face, James. Shame about the rest. It's like... <laughs> you don't make that evaluation, do you? James is James, right? His feet are as important as his head. <laughs> Everything has been placed under the feet. And we are the feet of Christ. We are the feet of Jesus Christ. Your purpose is to be the feet of Jesus Christ. To put on the suit is to be the feet of Jesus Christ, to walk in the authority that you've been called, to take dominion over spiritual powers that would speak against your life, your family, the church. Spiritual strongholds that would seek to undermine relationships and bring weakness and dissension. We have authority in Jesus' name to shift and change every current and every tide, every storm. We have authority in Jesus' name because we are the body of Jesus. We don't have to conjole him or, or, or to try and convince him as if he is an authority disconnected to us, some, some authority that we are waiting for some command. We are his body. We are just fulfilling what he commanded to be fulfilled. We are living the actions of who he is. But we must hold on to the anchor. There is an anchor that is Jesus Christ and we are anchored to him. And when we hold on and we pull on the anchor, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. You've got to live in miracle power. You've got to live in hope of what God can do in your life. Oh, there's a lot of storms out there. What are you pulling on? Are you fighting, holding back the storm? 
and you dismembering the, the boat, thinking this is a rubbish boat. I've got to, I've got to change the boat. Your boat is your life. It's not rubbish. It's anchored to Christ. Just pull on Christ. Everything you need will be given. Isn't that extraordinary? Everything you need. There is, there is, he didn't say most of what you need, some of what you need. Things, everything you ask for shall be given to you as you pull on the anchor. The question would be, well, what will I ask for? When you pull on the anchor, what you ask for is quite different from when you're fighting the storm. And when you're fighting the storm, what you ask for doesn't even get heard. Not above the waves. You can't hear it above the waves. When you pull on the anchor, you can be heard because you're standing from a place of authority in the boat. And you're pulling on Christ and everything you ask for gets added to your life. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.